podcast, Splintered Scripture. This is a podcast that I am launching just for the uh, great conversations and to really help dive into the scriptures, understand uh, where all these doctrinal differences come from within our Christian living. And I really want to just spend some time uh, talking about some different ideas and dig into where are the roots of these, how did we get these ideas and understandings, and what can we do to better understand each other, and maybe even how we can understand uh, some fallacies that come out of these different doctrines. So, uh, what I want to talk about today is the name of Jesus. So, I don't know if you've you've probably encountered someone who is of the idea of you have to use a specific name and call on Jesus. The sacred name movement over the last 20 years uh, really dug itself deep, especially in some very fundamental circles of Christianity. I actually have a lot of friends who have been a part of this movement. Uh, very deep in when you're talking about God, you have to say the name of God. Saying Lord is pagan. Saying God is pagan. Saying Jesus is pagan. You need to use Yahweh, Yehovah, Yahovah, uh, Yeshua, Yahushua, Yahuwah. And there's a lot of different variations out there. A lot of different people have these different ideas, these different understandings of how we should say, and they'll quote different sources. Um, you have to go back to the way that the uh, little vowel points appear in the name of God to really get it right. That's really popular one by a very popular uh, messianic. A Hebrew roots teacher uh, who's out there, and even some just he supposed Hebrew scholars as well. So, with that, I want to just kind of focus on how did we get to this idea? How do we come to the understanding of, well, what does this actually mean? Do we need to be digging in and speaking Hebrew in our day to day lives? Well, I don't think so, and we're going to discuss a little bit about. So first, I want to talk a little bit about names. Now, culturally, names establish some kind of social, ethnic heritage, uh, some kind of standing, something to do with maybe a family member. Uh, you could look at names, say my name, Wesley. Very English. You know I have... Anglo roots within my heritage. Um, name another name like Seamus, you'll kind of assume he's very Irish, very Irish family. Uh, Ashanti, gonna be more of an African name. Um, you can think of, say, very uh, Spanish names and. In my line of work, I deal with this sometimes where you have 
second generation Hispanic people who are so Hispanic in their names and they're as American as you and me, but well, actually I don't know who if you who are listening are American, so I apologize about that. I don't mean mean to assume. But you have a lot of but you know, though that's one of the characteristics I use as an illustration to talk about how we as people assume things just by the name of people. And names mean different things to us. Uh, names dis- differentiate us from other people. They provide a means for us to identify people within a crowd, for us to refer to each other. And uh, in ancient Near Eastern thought, and actually still throughout a lot of the world today, there's this idea that a name uh, talks about who you are and tells people uh, your identity. You are given a good name because you are, they want something good for you. You're given a strong name so that you'll conquer, you'll live long, you'll have a lot of success. Or as you read the scriptures, you can see that there's a belief that, that a lot of times the name is a prophecy or the name is to establish, hey, this person uh, is destined for this. Or it's because of a situation that a person's going through. You go back to the book of Genesis and you can see this very true with the children, with the 12 tribes of Israel, the children of Rachel, Leah, and Rebecca. You see uh, Rachel naming child after child because God is pouring into her. God is blessing her. God is giving her children. And so she's naming children for, because she's like, this child is a blessing. Uh, this ch- because I have born this many sons, my husband's going to notice me or I, or with Judah, I'm just going to give God praise because he continues to smile on me, even in my despair. So there's a lot to think about when we talk about names. Now, the name above all. This is something that's very popularly quoted within sacred name theology. Uh, when they talk about Yahweh or Yeshua, uh, they're referring to, well, God has given this name above all. You know, by calling on God's name, that's when he hears you. Or you have to use it because God gave everything to Yeshua, and so now you must call him by his given name, not his translated name. So where does this belief come from? So if you would look at Philippians chapter 2, I'm going to be reading from verses 9 through 11, in the, uh, starting here in the New King James Bible. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of those in heaven and those on earth and those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So, you know, straightforward. This is kind of a literalist taking of, well, God has exalted Jesus. He's been elevated as king, as 
high priest. And so by that name, we have victory by that name. Everything is given. So therefore, we should venerate that name. We should hold that name as high and just give God all that glory. And just by, we have to use that specific name because that name is what's going to re have an impact on this world. Problems with that theology. Um, one, uh, the Christian faith is not uh, one language. It is a universal religion. And so people are coming from many, many different uh, backgrounds and beliefs and everything. Uh, number two uh, would be that not everyone knows Hebrew and you and you're putting a restriction that understanding proper understanding of a Hebrew name is that, hey, this person has a name that we need to use. If this is, but you need to only use these terms because otherwise you are giving power to other deities and evil forces in the world. Which one really sounds more pagan? So I'm going to back us up and I'm going to reread that verse. And we're going to read it out of the NRSB updated edition. It's clearly becoming one of my uh, more go-to uh, translations. Uh, NRSV is what we use in, for all of our da daily readings in church. So I've really liked how they've polished it up here in the updated edition that came out the other year. And so listen to as I read this scripture again. Therefore, God exalted him even more highly and gave him a name that is above every other name so that at the name given to Jesus, every knee should bend in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. What does the second part take us? The second reading this update, updated edition dealing with and understanding how uh, the original writer was trying to emphasize here. The name that is given, uh, I think, is a key thing to recognize. What does it mean to give a name? Well, as I've talked about previously, names were given to either illustrate something that God has done, something God will do, or something that is cur currently going on in the world. So, what about the name that was given above every other name and given to Jesus? Well, let's break down the importance of what the name Jesus, Yeshua, or Jesus uh, actually means. I just used three different languages right here. So this is a pretty uh, interesting thing to look at today, especially if you follow a liturgical church calendar, which I do. And today, January 1st, is the Feast of the Name of Jesus. This is the day when 
Mary and Joseph had him circumcised, the celebration of his bris, and just circumcision, if you weren't aware, and a huge deal in Jewish society. It follows what the laws and regulations and commandments that God gave to his people as a covenant nation. And on this day, this is the day when one receives their name as a young male child. So the name Jesus comes from our, the Latin, Jesus, uh, and from the Greek, Jesus, and which in turn is a transliteration of the Hebrew, Yeshua, which means salvation. Yeshua is also a shortened form of the Hebrew name Yehoshua, which is where we get our name Joshua, and that name means God is salvation, with breaking that down to Yah being God, Yeshua being salvation. The name is more than a word. It is the authority which it brings. So there's an important thing to understand. What do we understand about names? Well, in Hebrew, name or Shem uh, is an understanding that, in, that talks about not necessarily just a word, but the character behind the word. Yeshua Jesus points us to the sacrifice and the reunification of the world. It's the actions, it's the God sending his son to restore the world, to die on the cross, to raise again, conquering death, being the first fruits of the resurrection, to bring us all towards him. Of course, whenever we talk about this, we can't but look at, you know, one of the most famous verses in all of Christendom and one of my personal favorite verses my entire life. And I'm just want to follow right through. We're not even going to, we're not, a lot of times we just cut it at 316. You know where, exactly where I'm going, John 316. And we're going to go right from 16 to 21. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Those who believe in him are not condemned, but those who do not believe are condemned already, because they have not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And in this judgment that the light has come into the world, and the people love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For all who do evil hate the light, and do not come to the light, so that their deeds may not be exposed. But those who do what is true come to the light, so that it may be clearly seen that their deeds have been done in God. Just, it's, it's right there, translated into our English. The entire purpose of who Jesus was, the embodiment of his character, the entire gospel right here in this small section. If you know me, you know the gospel of John is my absolute favorite uh, gospel that's out there. And I refer back to it constantly. Uh, and so it's so rich in theology. I, I've spent weeks just trying to get through 
the first uh, chapter because it is so deep and there is just so much there when you dive down to dissect it. And I hope that uh, you take some time this new year. You have that time to set aside to really study whether you're one of those people who I got to read the Bible in a year. I have a lot of friends like that. Or you're more like me and you're like, okay, so here's a section of scripture I'm going to set out to study. Here's a section of scripture I'm going to set out to study. And here's maybe a list of the books that I really want to dig deeper and develop a better understanding. I encourage you to do that. And when you dig into the word, when you read scripture for uh, what has been given to us, uh, we are able to see past a lot of uh, the bad doctrine, I'd say, that comes out of scripture and or not out of scripture, out of letting the, the a direct section of scripture interpret your entire theology. And when you really dig into it, and that's kind of the point of this whole podcast, is to not let one literal one sentence that you're like, okay, well, I've read this, so this must mean this. And then you commit what's often called the Genesis fallacy of, well, this appears here, so therefore it's got to appear in every other area of life and in every culture and transcend time and don't give things that are not directly designated by God that power. So as we come to um, one of two important readings for today, I just want to focus on Luke 2.21 because it is a wonderful day, the eighth day of Christmas, the time to uh, reflect and understand uh why God came to the earth. We're celebrating his incarnation. And today we're focusing on that important part of his uh, his ministry and what that character that was given to him on that promise to fulfill everything to us. Uh, Luke 2.21 uh, talks about what we're celebrating today. And that is the... Uh, the naming and circumcision of our Messiah. When that eighth day came, it was time to circumcise the child. And he was called Jesus and given the name, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And this is, that's verse 21, Luke two twenty one, And it is just fantastic. Um, and it, it calls that whole consistent uh, scriptural reading of God has a purpose and he's designated purposes to people and he's calling us to f- fulfill those. So maybe as I wrap up here, maybe you can reflect here on this new year. What is God calling me to do here in my life? What is the challenge that he has given me? And I'm we're going to jump and give you kind of a preview in a few weeks. February 2nd is is when uh, many Christians around the world will celebrate uh, the dedication of Jesus at the temple. It's part of uh, many Christians' nightly uh, prayer readings throughout the world where they remember this beautiful prophecy by the prophet Simeon who stood at the temple waiting for Messiah. And so... 
as I wrap up, I want to leave you this here in our uh, new year, in our new time to just focus and love what God is doing for us. It's going to be verse Luke 2, 25 through 32. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. Consolation, and this man was righteous and devout, looking toward the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit rested on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Guided by the Spirit, Simeon came into the temple. And when his the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Master, now you are dismissing your servant in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all people, a light and revelation for the Gentile and a glory for your people, Israel. So friends, as we depart here, may you uh, take that character of Jesus. May you look ever forward to that name that you declare, whether Jesus, Jesus, Yeshua, whatever language you're speaking. Uh, may you uh, carry that through every day. May you indwell and internalize the message of the gospel that that name means. So may you go forth with peace and may God continue to bless you this day and may he make his face shine upon you. Peace and blessings.